Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hi, welcome to the Monroe Live podcast. My name is Rob Shellhub. I'm vice president of sales with Monroe and Associates. I'm joined today by Ellie from Ellie in Space. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Glad to be here. Yeah. I pre- appreciate you making time for us. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so, so just, we want to make this just real casual conversation. Just some real general questions. My, I think my first question for you is you started off as a news anchor. You yes. spent eight years in the TV industry and you made the switch to a YouTube star. Yes. Walk me through that process. What led you to going to YouTube? Yeah. So, um, a lot of people don't know that when you work in TV news, just because you're on TV, you don't make a lot of money. Um, in fact, it's it's really not great pay at all. Plus, you're working holidays, you're working crazy hours. So I was kind of getting a little bit dissatisfied with the news industry in general. But I also wanted a way to make a little extra coin on the side. And so my ex-boyfriend at the time was like, hey, you're really good on camera. Maybe you should start a YouTube channel. And I was kind of hesitant at first. I'm like, well, I don't really know what I would talk about, but you know, maybe it's a good idea. So I started making some videos about Airbnbs and, you know, different food reviews and just trying different things to see maybe what would generate an audience. Um, And of course, I was doing this in my spare time after I would get home from my news job. And I one day made a video about Starlink, which was in the better than nothing beta phase. There was a lot of interest around Starlink, but not a lot of people had access to it. And again, you know, kind of owe it to my ex-boyfriend, basically, he got a Starlink unit and said we should make a review. And that kind of got, you know, 10,000 views overnight. And so that was definitely eye-opening. And I was like, hey, there's a lot of interest in this Starlink. Um, So I was like, well, maybe I should make videos about Starlink. You know, as a news reporter, sometimes you're assigned a beat or a specific area of coverage, whether it's health related news, crime related news, technology, etc. And so I started making Starlink videos in my spare time. And, you know, I had a thousand subscribers and I had 4000 and my views were going up and I was like, this is pretty crazy. And then when I was still working in news, I took my first trip down to Starbase in September of 2021. And that just like, I feel like that changed everything because there was, you know, there was some interest in Starlink. There's a lot of interest in Starship. Yeah. And so I started covering that more and, you know, doors started opening. I got more viewers. And so, you know, that was September of 21. By May of 2022, I, you know, signed a, a basically a, a settlement agreement. I had to pay $5,000 to break my contract in news to pursue this YouTube full time with, you know, not very steady income, but I believed so much in this channel growing and this topic of starship, it's only going to become more relevant. So 
anyway, it, it was kind of a leap of faith. It was kind of a combination of, you know, I've had some very generous, loyal supporters who wanted me to go full time. They sort of helped give me that boost. Yeah. And I ended up just saying, what is the worst that's going to happen? The worst that's going to happen is that I don't make any money and I have to go back to, to news, which is part of the other reason why I paid the settlement. I think I probably could have not, but you know, I like to go buy the book, but I didn't want to burn my bridge. I fully expected that after a year, for sure, I'd have to go back and start applying for an anchor job. And how many years has it been? It's been over a year and a half full time. Haven't had to you know, get any loans from anyone, ask for anything like that. I mean, obviously you make money through Patreon supporters, but right. that's, that's, you know, every creator kind of has that revenue stream. So it's, it's been crazy, actually. It's, I'm still sort of like in disbelief that I was able to really leave news behind. And um, it's a different challenge for sure, because now I'm my, my own boss and, you know, I not only want views to grow my channel, but that's, how you get money. That's amazing. So, yeah. yeah, it's just, uh, it's been really interesting. But as, 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 you know, as much as I kind of talk about the cons of being in the news business, I don't think I would have been able to integrate so quickly and adapt to YouTube if I didn't have those skills of being able to edit by myself, being able to shoot content, being able to, you know, like make videos on a deadline. I, I'm, you know, one yeah. of the fastest editors that I know. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so Alien Space wasn't based around you as a young girl, you wanting to be an astronaut or go nope. to Mars. No, no, nope. just fell into it. A lot of people ask that and I'm like, should I make, you know, a fake story? And I'm an honest person. So that is actually not. But I will say, as I've covered it more and more, I, I have fallen in love with the mission. I have, you know, I think what I align with most and what I'm most excited about is Starship and this idea of the world's first fully reusable rocket going to Mars. So, you know, I have a lot of people on my channel that are really into like the history of space and, you know, they're still looking back on the Apollo era. But I think what's happening right now in front of us is truly exciting. And I'm talking more about SpaceX in general. What NASA is doing to me isn't as groundbreaking. Um, SpaceX has really changed the industry for good. And it's it's such a great thing that they came along because now, you know, they've kind of started this rise of commercial space companies and many startups trying to get into the game. And, you know, SpaceX was once a startup and look at what they've become today. So yeah. anyway, it's um wasn't wasn't a passion when I was a kid, but it is now. Yeah, that's it's amazing. So so you, you talked a little bit about your team and basically your team is you. So are you the only person on your team? Or do you have a lot of people managing your production? Walk me through that process. So as of three weeks ago, I have hired someone as sort of a very part-time consultant. So he kind of makes some, some thumbnails for me, um, helps me edit, but really... I feel like I'm faster at editing. So basically I've, you know, kind of used him as content strategy and help with thumbnails, but that's been three weeks ago. So pretty much up until this point, it's been 100% me, which can lead to a little bit of burnout. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's an evolution and I'm sure you guys have experienced that on your end too. It's like, you just, you your channel, you know, as your channel grows, 
more doors open, you know, and all of a sudden you can start to afford reinvesting in equipment or, you know, extra help delegation, et cetera. So it's, it's interesting because in news, you know, they supplied me the camera, they supplied me the tripod, the laptop, the editing software, et cetera. All I had to do was shoot the story, edit it, and, you know, set up my live shot by 5 p.m. and make my deadline. But now I have to do, you know, everything. But um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so apart from SpaceX and space in general, what other genres are you looking to explore into with your channel? Well, it's interesting you ask because the top three videos on my channel actually have nothing to do with space, which makes me wonder, am I in the right niche? <laughs> um, my three top videos are, two of them are about like alternative housing. So one of them is about boxable, this, you know, foldable house that unfolds when you unpack it. Yeah, very the familiar with them. Yeah. Yes. The other one is a modular housing development here in Austin. Um, and then a Tesla solar roof that has almost 400,000 views. And that was just kind of an oddball story that piqued my interest. And I was like, you know what? I've never seen a roof in person, a Tesla solar roof. I'm going to make a video about it. So it's interesting. I think that, you know, I've, I've, I've obviously covered some Tesla content. That's how I met Sandy. Yeah. Um, and so I do try to cover sort of more um, like emerging technologies and maybe like, you know, like what our future might look like is, is I think um, what a lot of my videos fall into. Very interesting. So, so you recently had spent some time on the cyber truck. Yes. Tell, tell me your first impressions about the cyber truck. Let's kind of turn the conversation towards what we do for a living, which is automotive review. Yeah. So yeah. tell me about your experience with the cyber truck. Well, it was funny because chasing down the cyber truck, you know, has had many stages. So I've seen the cyber truck at several Tesla events, you know, I mean, quite a while ago. So I'd already seen it in person. And then it was like, well, I want to see it up close and like, open the door, <laughs> see what the interior looks like. And then, you know, I wanted to get a ride in a cyber truck. And actually, I finally got to drive one about a week and a half ago. Um, someone was generous enough to basically give me their cyber truck for two hours, which was incredibly nice. And um, it was really, really cool to have that experience, especially since, at least in my lifetime, and I think for many of us, this is like the most hyped up vehicle we've yes. ever seen. And so to be that person driving it and seeing people like look at you and take pictures and like just, it's a magnet and you know, Eventually that's going to phase out, but I don't think it's going to phase out for a while. Um, I was actually talking to my sister last night because I saw one in Austin yesterday, just on the road. And she's like, I've never seen one in person. She lives in Missouri. And I'm like, you will, you know, eventually yeah, get out there. Yeah. But it's, um, it's, it's really cool. I, a lot of people are like, do you have, you know, one on order? And I'm like, no, <laughs> by the time I get it, you know, everyone's going to have one. So it was really awesome to be able to ride in one, but yeah, the turning radius on it is like insane. The steer by wire is really, really interesting, right? It is. Yeah. It is. And, um, you know, just, I mean, even like the aesthetics, like when you roll down the window and it's, you know, like this triangle shape, it's just interesting. It's different. And, you know, it's obviously 
a conversation starter because half the people still think it's hideous and and that's okay you know like right you know, it's uh it was really cool i definitely did not want to give it up i was like how can i you know steal this no um <laughs> but it it was uh i definitely want to drive it again yeah. yeah did you have any problems with the a pillar it seems like the the way the a pillars come down it's in your line of sight looking out of the left part of the window I didn't have that problem. However, when I talked to Sandy, because he's the one who I actually got to sit in the truck for the first time when he brought it to the Luster Pearl during the Cybertruck delivery event, um, he said that when you go in a parking garage, that's when it's really hard with visibility. I didn't do that test, so maybe I need to do that test. But uh, otherwise, it was it was great. I actually it started raining a little bit, so I used the windshield wiper, and you know that thing's huge. And um, you know the the tonneau cover, I crawled on top of it. Yeah, definitely strong. You know, like obligatory. You just got to sit on it. Um, and so the guy who owned it, he hadn't done it yet, but I was like, can I, can I do it? <laughs> so um, yeah, it's it's definitely uh, it's definitely. I I mean, I've actually as recently as yesterday i saw oh some trucks are rusting because the stainless steel yeah. so you know i don't own one so i guess i'd have to ask and see i know that fingerprints are kind of an issue you know you you have right. to constantly clean it because that is true i've put my fingerprint and then i'm like oh man i'm gonna you know incriminate myself at the scene of the crime but no it's uh definitely definitely gets a little dirty easily but um yeah, other than that, and you know, it's interesting too, because it, it has sentry mode, but still doesn't have FSD. Um, and so I guess that that's just something that, you know, is going to take more time because it's like this completely different body right. that they're going to have to, you know, design around. And so that kind of surprised me. But um, yeah, other than that, I mean, it, you know, would I want one? Sure. Is that Do you like, drive well, a Tesla? Well, yes. Yeah. yeah. So I have a Model 3 and actually it's interesting because Tesla reached out to me after I made the Cybertruck video, the local showroom here. And they're like, hey, we just got in a Model 3 refresh. Do you want to take one home overnight, or review it and help us host the demo drive event, which actually I'm going to host next week. And I was like, really? I thought you guys didn't work with YouTubers. So, I mean, they're not paying me or anything, right. but, you know, it's kind of like probably not bad to network. And so anyway, I took a refresh home and it was interesting to compare it to my Model 3. I bought my Model 3 in May of 2023. So, you know, it's pretty dang new. Right. And, um, and I didn't know much about the refresh before taking it home, which I think was probably good. It kind of let me explore the car organically. Sure. And one thing that the Cybertruck also doesn't have is the driving stalks. And I like those. Like I'm, right. you know, creature I, of habit, right? Yeah, I was kind of glad to get back into my car and have that again. There were other things about the refresh that I liked more, um, mainly the LED lights. But you know, that's like a silly aesthetic thing. But um, and it was definitely a little smoother. The um, the Model Three refresh, you know, and it's fairly new here in the United States. They debuted it in fall last year in Europe, and I think they just got them in in January here in the United States. So they're they're pretty new, but um, I'm not like feeling, oh man, I I wish I hadn't have bought mine in 2023. I'm like, no, I'm kind of glad I did because right. I'm not ready to go stockless yet. Did did, did the uh, stock in the Cybertruck? Did you like the way that they handled the steering wheel? And is it the same in the mo new Model Three? Well, the Cybertruck doesn't have a stock either, right? Well, it's well, the, the steering wheel, right? Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, the yolk. Uh, yeah, yeah. I said stock, but I meant yolk. Yeah, was fine. The yolk was fine. I had experimented with a yolk on the Model X, and so like you know maybe if you're turning, you can kind of like grab air, but that that was totally fine. I think it's kind of cool. Um, yeah. You know, do I? I don't really know the practicality behind it, <laughs> other than it looks cool. But um, but yeah, like if you're you know if you need to, and obviously the the blinkers are fine too. They're right there on the steering wheel with little buttons. But I think the hard thing is if you're trying to, you know, reverse, let's say you need to make a three-point turn and you're trying to like reverse forward, reverse, like really quickly. Right. You swipe the screen now on the side yeah. of the truck, right? And same on the refresh. So it's just uh, not muscle memory yet. Yeah. 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 I could see where that could be confusing on the swiping up and down and you swipe up to go forward, forward. and down to go backwards, right? Right. Which but makes sense. Yeah, but you're also kind of more distracted because you have to like look at the screen. And so if you're, like I said, trying to yeah. do like a three-point turn or something, you're kind of like, you're not, you know, it's it's faster if you don't have to do that. But who knows? Maybe that's just something of you get used to it, just like, yeah. you know, the stick. Yeah. So so let, let me ask you. So being in a very male-dominated industry, space, engineering, hmm. how, how do you handle that as a female? Is that daunting for you? Do you find it as a challenge to... Uh, get in front of people and you know be taken seriously. Uh, no, actually, I think it's an advantage. Okay. Because if you're gonna look up Starlink, for example, on YouTube, how many thumbnails are gonna have some blonde girl in it? You know, it's something that kind of makes my channel definitely different, and I think piques people's interest because it's mostly dudes. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, and I think. You know, I think if there was anything, I wish that I had a little bit more of a background in either rocket science or engineering, but I know just enough to like get by and ask people questions and keep up with a conversation. And the journalism comes into play. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of my angle too. I'm not trying to become an engineer on the side so that I can have a really technical channel. No. Like, why would I do that? My expertise is interviewing experts, interviewing people and letting them tell the story. I'm good at asking questions. So my goal is to like bring unique, informative people on the channel that have the knowledge and for me just to pull it out of them. And so that I think, you know, obviously I mostly have male guests on my channel and it's because of what you said. There's not, I guess there are some females, but there's sure. definitely more males. Um, and, uh, yeah, do I feel like intimidated by it? Surprisingly, not really. Like I, I think if anything, you know, the demographic for my channel is 95% male, but it's also 95% male for another giant space creator that I know who has 500,000 subscribers and he's a dude. I think it's just the topic, sure. you know? So, you know, I, you you just have to know who your audience is. You can't who your audience is is like that's how it is. You can't force. Oh well, I only want to talk to you know forty year old women. I can't force <laughs> that. You know what I mean? Right. So I think you I think you use the analytics. You use the data. And you know I don't dive into this too much. But what do you think marketers do? Right? They're not necessarily like they have to figure out what their demo is first, and that just happens based on the content, you know, I yeah. don't think a lot of girls care about Starship. Some do, right. but 
not a lot do. And like, is that, is that my job to like change that? And, you know, like, sure. If, if I can get more people inspired, that's great. But like, yeah, it, it's, it's an interesting question. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just, just curious. It, it's, does it, it, how do you overcome the obstacles? Are there obstacles you got to overcome from, you know, a female point of view into a male dominated industry? Or like you said, it's, it's actually easier for you, right? Listen, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that some of my viewers don't have a parasocial crush on me. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of people, oh, your eyes are so pretty. I could stare at, and I'm not trying to sit here and say I'm like the best looking person in the world, but there's this it's, thing it's that, something wrong out there for sure. Yeah, there's this thing that happens of parasocial relationships. And it's why when I go to like Starbase during a launch, everyone's coming up to me. Oh my gosh, Ellie, I'm from Canada. I watch you. Ellie, oh my gosh, I watch your videos all the time. I don't know them. They know me. Yeah. They feel like they really know me because maybe they've watched me for months, maybe even years. And so, you know, if, like I said, if anything, they either like my channel and they just like the content that I'm making, or maybe they stay because they have a little crush on me. And it's, it's kind of like, why? Either way I you're getting paid, right? Exactly. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, I feel weird saying that out loud, but like, let's be real, <laughs> you yeah. know? Have you adopted to the going to SpaceX or to uh, an event and everyone recognizing you? Is that strange for you? How do you handle that? Well, it's interesting because I had it a little bit when I was the main news anchor in Tri-Cities, Washington. Some people like, oh, you're the news lady, but now I don't have it all that often unless I'm at a Tesla event or I'm at Starbase. And then it's like, whoa, this is what it would be like to be an actress or a real yeah. celebrity. And it's, it is kind of exhausting. And I feel saying silly saying that because, you know, I'm honored that like that even happens. It is a cool experience, but it's nice to be able to like leave that event and then not really like have that all the time because you know, when you're interacting with your fans, you want to be nice. You want to be pleasant. You want to be excited because you're grateful that they watch your channel. But after doing that, you know, with like 50, you know, 30 to 50 people, it's like, oh my God. Yeah. You just want to go home, put your feet up, right? <laughs> yes. Can I put on sunglasses and, you know, a hoodie? And so it's, it's like weird, but it's definitely not all the time, but you know, one of the turning points too, and I realized, I think, I think I should quit my job was about two months before I went to the, uh, one of the, oh, the cyber rodeo. So the opening of Giga Texas, yep. and there was like a meet meetup between YouTubers and fans in a park. And I signed two people's Teslas with Sharpie. At that time I had like, 35,000 subscribers. Now I have almost 85,000. And I was like, I'm not even, I haven't even made that much Tesla content. And somehow I'm here at a Tesla event. People like want like permanent autographs. Like, you know what? Like maybe, maybe, maybe I do have like a reason to pursue this. Like I'm, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Makes a yeah. lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, you know, Maybe, maybe I am like going to grow the channel. If I've already grown it this much to at least get recognized, 
when I didn't think I was that big and still don't, it's, it's one of the problems with like being a YouTube creator is it's, it feels like it's never ending, you know, sure. this, um, this target that you're trying to chase. Like when I hit 50,000 subscribers, I feel like it just started like, taking off. Do I you have a target in mind? How big do you want to get? Well, obviously as big as I can, <laughs> but right. you know, I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm 15,000 away from a hundred thousand. I'll get that cool plaque yeah. and then I'll feel so satisfied. But unfortunately I know that's not true right. because when I hit 50,000, I was already like, well, now I need to hit 60,000. Like I didn't even stop to savor the moment. Right. And so that's like an interesting problem to have because yeah. it's almost like you're just you see other channels like Mr. Beast and you're like, well, I'm nothing on YouTube, but then you meet someone who doesn't have luck on social media or a big channel. And they're like, no, you literally have, you know, two or three churches worth of subscribers. So why aren't you satisfied? It's, it's a, it's a weird game to yeah, play. It's you're it's constantly, you're constantly chasing, right? Like you said, you get to a hundred, you want 200, you want five mil, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's always growing. Yes. So, so, so how do you decide what you're going to put on your channel? You, you've got a very eclectic mix. You've got some boxable stuff. You've got some Tesla stuff. You have some, how do you make that decision? What's, what's that process look like? Well, I would say that most of my content is space related because I named myself Ellie in space. Cause it seems like that's how I've gotten most of my subscribers. They are space fans. Mm -hmm. They really like the starship program. And so if I were to only cover Starship, I think my channel would still grow and people would be really happy. In fact, sometimes when I go off script, people are like, oh, this was a space channel. Why are you making Tesla content? Like, you know, it's like, oh, my God, dude, it's like one video. Um, but uh, I, I think that if it interests me, there's a good chance it might interest some of my viewers. And so I don't I don't want to, like, pigeonhole myself into just space related content. If there's something that, you know, I think, and like I said, you know, with the Tesla solar roof, that is my third most watched video. If I hadn't have made that, then because I was like, oh, that's not space related, then we wouldn't be where we are. So I think as long as you have like 80% of your content, kind of the focus or the promise of what your channel's about, sure. and then some of it kind of off brand, I think you'll be fine. Some other people may say that, you know, you need to just stick to one thing, but I don't buy it because if I had, then I wouldn't have, you know, sure had any video over 500,000 views. Any aspirations of going in other areas? Like on your website, you mentioned that you're a rock climber. Do you ever plan on doing a rock climbing video or any other genres? Well, that's funny. Uh, actually, I don't know if you know this, but I broke my femur rock climbing oh, no. about a year ago. Is that the video about the weight gain? Yes. Video? Yeah. Okay. Yes. And that too, like, oh my gosh, I sent that to my parents and they were like, don't post this, whatever you do. Like <laughs> they did not want me to post it. And I posted it and that's my most watched or most, not most watched, most commented video ever. And I would say 97% of the comments are all really nice. But I was like, you know what? Like, I think it's okay to be vulnerable on the yeah. internet. I think times have changed. And I'm not just doing it because it's in right now, but I was like, oh, like so sick of like reading these, you know, rude comments. Yeah. And I just wanted to address it. Like, yeah, like I know I've gained some weight. 
it shouldn't be the end of the world. My channel's still growing. So obviously it's not the end of the world, but right. you know, and, um, and so, yeah, was that space related? No, but I think, and what my boyfriend has tried to point out to me is like, people watch you for you. So they want to hear your opinion on yes. things. They want to know about your life. They're interested in you. They could get that same like information from, you know, any of the five other SpaceX right. channels. Right. So I'm kind of leaning into that more and trying to like trust that that's true. Right. Yes. Um, it's my, we were actually having a conversation yesterday. If I didn't do space related content, who would I want to be on YouTube? And um, I told my boyfriend either the female version of Joe Rogan. So basically interviewing like people with really interesting yes. stories, interesting lives. I did that in the beginning before I did the Starlink video. I interviewed this guy who was the first person to solo circumnavigate the globe. So he went all around, took him over five years, all around the earth by walking, by biking, by you know, boating, like really? dude is crazy. But I was like, I want people like that. You know, I just want to like pick apart crazy stories or what was the other one? Um, oh, or I, I actually do. I have a, I have a bodybuilding history. I really like, you know, fitness, um, YouTubers. And so there's this one Canadian guy, Will Tennyson, he does stuff like I did fat camp for a week, or, you know, I, I interviewed the world's youngest power lifter. And then we had, you know, a competition and like stuff like that. But by far my favorite content is when I go out of here. Like right. I, I actually hate being in here. <laughs> I feel like it's so uninspiring and like, yes, it's cheaper. And you probably still could make a video that gets a lot of views from home, but I'm energized when I'm doing what I did as a reporter for eight right. years, being in the field, going up to you with the microphone. That's part of why I want to come to Michigan and do a tour with Sandy, which he said that that would be okay, but we just haven't planned it yet. But Love like to have you, maybe you can review our cyber truck when we get it. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, stuff like that is, is I feel like where I'm, I shine the best. So what you're but, saying, there's no chance of doing a rock climbing video in the near future. Well, I have sort of given up that part of my identity. Um, I think, you know, I've climbed a few times since the accident, but I unfortunately don't feel the same about it. It's it, a, it, you know, you broke the femur climbing rock, right? I broke the longest, strongest bone in the body and I broke it bouldering. So that's yeah. where you're, you know, solo, you don't need a partner, you have padded mats, whatever, yep. but I broke it while I was twisting my leg and I just heard it snap. Ouch. And so I think, you know, I, I've been doing Pilates, I've been doing biking. So I'm trying to, I don't know why. I don't know why I walked away from it, but I think um, I think it was pretty traumatic. And yes. so as much as it was a part of my life, actually the guy who I was climbing with the day before I broke it, and that probably put a lot of stress on the leg, which added to why I broke it because my leg was already injured, whatever. He broke his um, tib-fib uh, oh. like four months later. And so I'm like, maybe this isn't that safe. <laughs> like, I don't really want to get hurt again. It's very scary um, getting hurt to that degree and, you know, not being able to walk and having like, oh my gosh, it's it's so crazy. I'm like coming up on the year anniversary and, you know, some people are sick of hearing me talk about my leg, but, you know, inside I do reflect on it a lot. Yeah. So I just, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just, for right now, I'm, I'm really not climbing. And yeah. 
that's okay. Yeah. So, so, so no to rock climbing videos, uh, potentially more space videos. Where, yeah. do, where do you see the channel going? Do you ever see becoming the female Joe Rogan? Is that a possibility? So in an ideal world, I would have more help. Like I would have yeah. people in person to help me kind of make a show. So now that you have, you've got 85,000 viewers and you have a name, it's possible to become the female Joe Rogan, right? You could. Yes. I think, um, I mean, shoot, he lives here in Austin. Maybe I should just, you know, go chase him down and <laughs> right. he does it. Another thing, actually, I will tell you this, I've done a little bit of stand-up comedy and I'm not that funny, but I think it's <laughs> fascinating that Austin has become this hub for comedians akin to what Hollywood is to actors, people, leaving everything behind and going to Hollywood because they want to make it. That's the comedy scene there, obviously a lot of good clubs. Huge. I've met so many people that have moved here just to do open mic after open mic. They're hitting four to five bars a night. They're, they're running around Austin, trying to get some time in, trying to get their sets in time on stage with the dream that they will eventually be able to make money in comedy. Do you know how hard it is to make money in comedy? Extremely hard. But I feel like that would be really cool to sort of, um, you know, just as a human interest thing, talk about the rise of comedy here in Austin. That's interesting. But never yeah. guess that's the hub of comedy. Austin, it is. Texas. I really think it is. I can't think of anywhere. There's obviously like some stand of comedy sure. in LA and, you know, various places, but it is huge here so huge that it's almost it's almost becoming too saturated because you have you know losers like me that say they just want to bucket list be a comedian but like so many people are like wanting to try it and so you have a lot of people that really suck like if you go to open mics here and you just want to watch as an right. audience member do not expect to laugh a lot of people are bombing have you done open night or open I have. mic yeah i have yes and was it quiet or did you get a lot of laughs well, there's a reason I won't share those recordings with anyone, <laughs> but, um, I did end up, this was interesting too. So I, I auditioned to be on a famous comedy podcast and live comedy show called kill Tony, which okay. is here in Austin at Joe Rogan's comedy club, the comedy mothership and about 200 people sign up every single Monday night, vying for a spot, hoping to get a bucket pull. Well, what they do is because it's mostly, you know, kind of a sausage fest, not a lot of women. Right, so right. <laughs> they make sure to at least like force choose one woman every night. So every everyone else is random, but it's mostly dudes. And then they'll try to find a name that sounds like a female. So anyway, I auditioned three times. Third time I got picked to go on stage. And uh, so that was a crazy experience. One of the reels that I saw posted of my set has two million views. Um, so that definitely brought a lot of new people to my channel that saw me on Kill Tony and they're like, oh my God, like I actually like space too. So I feel like it's, you know, you can like network yourself all over the place and you'll get a new audience. Sure. Any plans on going to South by Southwest coming up in yes. March? I'm actually very happy that I'm covering that as a media person. So I don't have to pay $1,600. <laughs> And it's funny because last year I got the media pass. I've never been to South by Southwest. And then I broke my leg, like, right. five, you know, 
seven days before it started. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I thought for sure I'd be going to South by Southwest interviewing people. And here I am, you know, couch ridden on a walker. So I'm excited to hopefully knock on wood, be able to go this year. But yeah, there's surprisingly, there's like space related content at South yeah. by Southwest. So I'm like, I'm going to try to, you know, get as much of that and whatever else I find interesting. That's why I went to CES. And I also had, you know, media credentials because there were actually some space related things at CES. So I think space, I think space is actually becoming more, you know, mainstream. Yeah. 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 It, it, do you have anything lined up that you really are looking forward to seeing at South by Southwest? Uh, Mark Rober is going to be there. So hopefully I can track him down. If you don't know who he is, he's the one who did like trying to prank pack, uh, porch pirates by putting a glitter bomb in like a staged package. Yes. Oh my gosh. Like, so he, he actually formerly worked at NASA. So he's kind of perfect to talk to. A lot of people have seen his content, but you know, a lot of times I, I also just don't go into it with a plan. I, I want to like, you know, search and see what I find at the first CES. That's when I interviewed Sandy and that video got, you know, 70,000 views or so. So that was pretty nice. Um, but I think most of these events are kind of just about networking more yeah. than anything. It's actually really nice to see CES growing back to pre pandemic levels. Yeah. It was busy this year for sure. Yeah. Well, I think I got COVID at CES. So <laughs> that's not good. I definitely was like, super sick after that. Yeah. Um, but you Same. know, you have 130,000 people plus, I mean, yeah. So yeah. But, oh, well, <laughs> what, 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 what's next on the horizon? What's the next video we can look forward to on your channel? Well, actually next Friday. So a week from now, I will be going weightless on a zero G flight. I will feel what it's like to be an astronaut. I'm going on a a uh, modified Boeing 727, I believe. And this is, by the way, usually a $15,000 ticket. I was able to win a contest. Wow. People voted for me for some reason. <laughs> and so that's been delayed actually for, you know, seven months now. So we're finally going to do the flight. Um, basically, the plane does several parabolas. So, you know, it, it like goes up and down and it does multiple passes. And so you're only weightless for about 20 to 25 seconds. And then you actually have the reverse, which is feeling those G's as you go up and down. I'm actually terrified of turbulence. So we'll see what a disaster it is. It's called the vomit comet for a reason, but I'm going to put all those worries aside, take my Dramamine and it should be an unforgettable experience. Some people, I actually asked an astronaut what his opinion was because he's done zero g and he said it's the best feeling in the world aside from falling in love with someone and having them fall back in love with you so that's a pretty high expectation that's a big uh, expectation yeah. so <laughs> i will be doing that next friday out of orlando i so it I, airs next friday or you're doing it next friday I'm doing it i'm getting in that plane nice <sighs> you, you if you and if you hold true and you vomit on the comet, are you going to air that as well? Oh, 100%. Awesome. I oh, can't wait great. to, I can't wait to watch. But I hope I don't because <laughs> I want to enjoy it, right? Like it sounds really cool, but I usually get sick on roller coasters when I'm just like, you know what? You just, you have to just so go chances into are. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't like, you know, know how you're going to feel until you're actually 
in it. So yes, but I am excited. Other than that, I'm also going to Japan in April. I know Sandy's been to Japan. Yes. I've never been. Um, and so I'm not sure, you know, how much like space related content I'll get there, but um, I'm definitely, yeah, I'm super excited for that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So it's been, you know, and that's one of the things that I'm so grateful for. And sometimes it's overwhelming because you, you almost have too many choices. It's like analysis paralysis because you're your own boss. But the fact that I can just schedule a two week trip to Japan and not have to ask for PTO, not have to run out of PTO. Right. It's so great to as much as I hate it sometimes, it's really cool being your, your own boss. Your flexibility with your time is to me like something that I I will like never want to give that up again. Even when I have days where I'm like, oh, being a YouTuber is so hard and like I'm burned out and whatever. It's like, it's better than the alternative. Right, right. <laughs> so, Punching yeah. the clock really sucks, right? Yeah, yeah, it can. I mean, some people like the stability. There's the yeah. flip side, which is they know how much money they're making. They know their health insurance. They know their retirement. They have all that squared away with their employer. But, um, you know, nothing's perfect. No, so, it works for yeah. you. It does work for yeah. me. Well, Ellie, I really appreciate the time. I've learned a lot about your you and your channel. I look forward to hosting you here at Monroe to yes. see our Cybertruck. I would love that. Yeah. I would love that. Good luck. Yeah, on. Actually, Go ahead. My, I have a short with Sandy, and it has like 60,000 views. Um, so he's uh, just one of the shorts. So he's definitely made a name for himself, and I really admire everything you guys are doing. Yeah. You, you know, quick story on, on that uh, about the, like, Rockstar treatment. We go yeah. any we go any place with Sandy, and we got to have bodyguards everywhere to so we can get through a crowd. It's just that's kind of an exaggeration. So, but but he is definitely a draw. It takes us twice as long to get through a crowd yeah. than it normally should. So, well, the the funny thing is, like, <laughs> I don't. I think you need those people to rail Sandy in because I know when I was interviewing him at CES, I think he would have talked to me for eight hours. <laughs> You guys were like, okay, dude, like move on. <laughs> yes. Yes. I don't know if it's worse. The people asking him questions or he likes to talk to everybody. Yes. It's a he's fine a, line. Yeah, yeah. He's a great guy. Yeah, for sure. Anyways, Ellie, I really appreciate your time. I look forward to hosting you here in uh, Michigan. Yeah. Hopefully it's a little bit warmer when you come up. Yeah. It's kind of cold here today in February. So <laughs> uh, best of luck on the uh, Vomit Comet next Friday. Yes. And yeah. if people want to follow me, Ellie in Space is, is my channel. Look forward to seeing you as soon as we can. Awesome. Thank you Thank so much. Bye-bye now.